0: Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network, where we take a glance into comic book movies, blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined with my co-host, Devin, and friends of the show. We have Nicole Ackman from Next Picture and Claire from W-Rated. And today, we're going to be starting an early celebration for the 10-year film anniversary of the original Hunger Games that debuted 2012 wow i am old so (laughs) but a little bit of housekeeping here before we get into our coverage before we begin today's episode you can listen to our podcasts on platforms around the internet if you're a new or seasoned listener to the show we'd love to hear from you guys show us some love and leave us a five-star rating and review if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify and if you um, just follow us on Instagram and Twitter, honestly, <laughs> because we love you guys so much um, over at film optics, that is optics with an X or email us at film optics at gmail.com for any movie related questions. So um, let's get this thing started off. Like I said, you know, we're here talking about the Hunger Games. It's been a very, very long time coming. But first, Nicole, how are you today?
1: I'm really good. And I am so excited to be back on the podcast and particularly excited to be talking about this movie.
0: So um, really quick, let everyone know who you are, where they can find you and, you know, what type of um, content that you cover.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm Nicole Ackman. You can find me on Twitter at NicoleAckman16. I write and podcast for a bunch of different places, mostly over at Next Best Picture. I also have my own period drama podcast called Petticoats and Poppies, History Girls at the Movies. And I write for a handful of different outlets, uh, FF2 Media, The Cinemaholic, and Wealth of Geeks, which uh, recently rebranded from Your Money Geek to Wealth of Geeks. I cover sort of all sorts of Film occasionally dabble in television as well, but am particularly focused on, uh, particularly like to cover period dramas, uh, coming of age movies, and any sort of franchise stuff.
0: Okay, lovely, lovely. I, I think that deserves a nice little, <laughs> nice, nice little applause there from the call. Very,
1: you, thank very you. nice,
0: very lovely. And of course, um this is Claire's first time on the show, so Claire, let everyone know where they can find you. And you know what your podcast is about uh, before we get started.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Claire Ellen Hope, Claire without an Eye, um, and you can catch my podcast W rated, um, over on Twitter as well. Um, where we are watching the world's worst rated movies. Uh, we are covering the films that feature on IMDb's bottom 100. Um, we watch some really terrible movies and some not terrible movies that have been unfairly maligned. Um, So yeah, that's kind of the aim of the podcast is to watch them, evaluate them and see, is it fair that they're on the list or is it just that they were, you know, we've had a few that were review bombed or were um, unfairly looked at through the prism of the time they were released that a lot of female-led films were kind of poorly reviewed because god forbid a woman stars in a movie <laughs> let's all be thankful about the time the hunger games came out that changed
0: <laughs> yes yes i think it also deserves a nice little applause there that was fantastic fantastic intro to the show <laughs> that is awesome uh Devin, you want to introduce yourself or no <laughs> you good i think
3: we got that covered
0: <laughs> In <been> a while, <laughs> Yeah, so that that is my uh, my co-host Devin, you know, we've been uh we've been best friends since god, high school. It's been yeah. a long time. It I I've honestly lost count. But <laughs> 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 it's all good. But um as I said before, I co- of course, we're going to be reviewing the first Hunger Games movie. Again, this is a part of our new franchise revisited series. Uh we're going to be covering the Hunger Games films um throughout uh, a monthly basis. So Starting in January, of course, and then um, ending in April, and I believe the ten-year anniversary for the first film is in March. I think it's March twenty something, twenty-third. I want to say, but yeah, it's it's been forever since I've seen these movies. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna be right back with our Hunger Games 2012 review right after this short break. The time has come to select one courageous young man and woman for the honor of representing District 12 in the
2: 74th Annual Hunger Games. It's your first year,
1: Prim. Your name's only been in there once. They're not going to pick you.
0: tribute all right and that was a little snippet of the trailer from the hunger games way way back in 2012 (laughs) and the synopsis is as follows katniss everdeen voluntarily takes her younger sister's place in their hunger games a televised competition in which two teenagers from each of the 12 districts of panem are chosen at random to fight to the death Uh, director for this is Gary Ross, and uh, writers include Gary Ross, uh, Billy Ray, and Susan Collins, who was the author of the book. And of course, it stars Jennifer Lawrence, Joss Hutcherson, Liam Hensworth, uh, Lenny Kravitz, and more, (laughs) which is crazy to think about the star power that was in these films. Um, So like I said, we're kind of just going to give up, we're going to start this off with our initial reactions of our rewatch since it's been such a long time for me. But actually, before we get into that really quick, I wanted to ask you guys, has anyone here read the Hunger Games books? Um, Because,
3: you know, back in 2012, you know,
0: (laughs) Harry Potter and, um, of course, like Hunger Games and other Brits of Terabithia whatnot, we grew up on a lot of, you know, (laughs) book-to-movie adaptations. (laughs) And they never seemed to stop. And now, of course, a lot of books are being transferred over to TV shows, which makes a little bit more sense, or more so than not, uh, unless you're Dune. But we'll start with Claire, and then we'll go to Nicole, then we'll go to Devin, and then I'll close out. So, Claire, have you read the Hunger Games books?
2: Yes, I've read them um, more than once. I'm actually just started rereading them this week again because I got so inspired um, from the rewatch. But I actually not only read them I taught the first book when I used to be an English teacher Um, it was one of our set texts so I taught it to a group of 14 year olds um, and we were studying dystopian literature Um, which I think is why I love the franchise so much because it was my first year teaching so it was like one of the first things I ever got to teach and I came up with like loads of fun things around it Um, and it is a really fun book to teach because of the kind of reliable narrator tropes and then looking at all the politics like for a really simple lens for kind of a younger audience and um, so yeah absolutely love the books so ex- like enjoying rereading them right now
0: Okay. All right. Nicole, what about, I, I know you're a big book reader, Nicole. Just, I, I just got to ask just <laughs> ask.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: I read them. And I remember I read them like as they were being released. And I distinctly remember whenever Mockingjay came out, I don't remember where we were going, but my family was driving somewhere. And I get quite ill if I read in the car, like I get very nauseous, but I distinctly remember making the choice and being like, I don't care if this makes me sick. I have to read this <laughs> book right now. Um, but no, I, I read them as I came out and what's been really special is, uh, my sister is eight years younger than I am and she sort of discovered the hunger games, um, over the course of the pandemic. And so she just read them all for the first time. And then we, as a family had to like watch the movies again. So it's been really fun to, to sort of be able to revisit my thoughts whenever I was a teenager reading them with now, uh, my sister getting to experience them too.
0: Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's amazing. Uh for me, uh yeah, I I never read the books. Unfortunately, <laughs> I still haven't. I'm sorry. I t- when, when I was younger it was uh man, I just I hated being told what to read. I just wanted to kind of figure out what I wanted to read on my own. But Devin, have you read the books? I'm not sure if I've asked you this question before.
3: I uh, I have not. As you know, I'm not an avid reader, but I do remember when they were they were coming out, I remember there was quite a bit of hype around those times when they were coming out and then everyone's like, Oh, they're making a movie out of it. Should be exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel it, man. It's it's crazy because like we literally just got off like, you know, all the Harry Potter mm-hmm. hype, the Harry Potter train with Deathly mm-hmm. Hallows Part Two. And then it's like, oh, here's another book movie adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like awesome. And then, you know, we also had Twilight and whatnot. So it was very um, it was a crazy, crazy time. But yeah, like as I said before, um, I just wasn't like I was a reader, but again, I just didn't really care for when people like told me what to read. I mean, I kind of liked I liked Lord of the Flies. And then a few <laughs> other. Bridgetary Bithy was a good one. And so was The, gi- the Giver. But mm. everything else that like, they made us read, I just didn't really care too much for in school. But, you know, it's different times. If you'd now, have been in my class,
2: you-, you would have loved it. Because they all immediately, they came they got really annoyed about how slowly we were reading it. And they all came in like about the third week. And they're like, we've all finished it, miss. Can we just talk about the ending? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> some <laughs> of you haven't finished sure. it. <laughs> <laughs> and they all went out and bought Catching Fire and Mockingjay and Jay were telling me all about it so yeah,
0: should have been in my class
2: I love that right. it's
0: like there is a structure to this class <laughs> yes. and we are going to yeah. it was it. great, I made
2: because it was the same year the film came out so I printed out all the pictures from the film of the um, hmm. tributes and we put them up on the wall and so then when we were reading whenever someone was killed a kid got to go and take a red pen and cross them out so it was wow. like a living wall as we were reading through it. In- and,
3: interactive, yeah.
2: And we like when there were I new rules that. like made, we would print them out and add them to the board so that we knew where we were in the book. See, <laughs> oh, oh so yeah, it was a fun class. Just... <laughs> I love that.
0: That is awesome. I think when we read the Salem Woods trials, we didn't do anything <laughs> like that, but we got to you know play the parts. You know, as we're, we're out reading through the play mm-hmm. and. Anyone who I think it was a main character's name was Mary, but like, of course, everyone thought she was possessed. So everyone just like talked with her with a demonic <laughs> voice. So it was like, yeah, a lot of fun. Um But that that's very, very clever. Like, honestly, and for, before we get any uh, further, of course, you know, this movie has been out for 10 years. So we're just going to go straight into spoilers <laughs> here. And um, by the way, I'm still not over Rue's death. Oh, um, so it's beautiful, though. <laughs> Like, uh, and I was watching it the other day and I was like, I, oh, man, it, it it was so hard. I'm like, that's, that's I, actually what stood out
3: most to me. I was yeah. like, I definitely don't remember this hitting this hard when I first watched <laughs> the movie, but I watched it yesterday and I was like, wow, a couple a couple tears are forming. Mm-hmm. Like it helps that a man, a man, less is such a great actress.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really, really does. But it, it really, really hit home for me. But let's go around the, uh, the show here and just talk about our initial reactions on our rewatch or re rewatch um i guess we'll start with claire because she's technically seen it twice and <laughs> one in the last month <laughs> she can't she can't get enough of it so i'll i'll go to claire then i'll go to Devin and then we'll end with nicole for like our initial reactions how is the film you know uh change has it changed for you at all you know, do you like it more? Do you like it less? Like, g- give us your uh, your initial reaction.
2: Yeah, I definitely like it more. So I remember the first time I saw it when it was released, I hadn't read the book yet. Um, and I do think that reading the book gives you so much more to the film. But I also think it is one of those films that rewards you want to rewatch. No matter how t- many times you rewatch it, you see different things, new things, little hints. And I think it really rewards you rewatching it with the other films. Like, once you've seen all four if you then return to the beginning you suddenly see things in a different way and you see President Snow just slightly differently and you look at how Gale interacts with Katniss slightly differently um, so yeah I think it is definitely a film that only rewards with its rewatches um, it is probably I oh, Catching Fire is always my favourite because I'm team Katniss and Peter um, I just adore them so I love that film but I think it sets up such a solid foundation for the four films and for the franchise that it's hard to fault it.
0: Okay, all right. Devin, what about you?
3: Yeah, to agree. I think it was was better upon rewatch here. Obviously, I haven't seen it since it originally came out in theaters, I believe. Um, Yeah, just really good time. A few things that I noticed were different. Obviously, I mentioned Rue's death. Definitely hit harder this time around. Um, I, I don't remember PETA being... Being as as involved as he was, mm-hmm. for some reason, my initial memory was that he was just kind of like the lame baker guy who, who hides his face in the, <laughs> in, the in the tree. Yeah. That's that's all I could remember of, of him initially. I think that's just kind of the stigma that's around him as a character mm-hmm. because it's kind of like a classic reversal of gender roles. There, um, obviously, high school me would not have understood that, but <laughs> yeah, definitely enjoyable overall. And uh, we'll get into more details more later, but. Great cast, great story, great setting.
0: Nicole, what about you?
1: Yeah, I had rewatched these fairly recently already, like I said, with my sister, but I, every time I watch this, I'm kind of struck all over again that I really do think that both the first film and Catching Fire are some of the best, like, Mm book-to-film adaptations probably ever made, and also, like, some of the best teen franchise movies Mm -hmm. ever. Uh, I think the star power in this movie is incredible. Like, seeing, like, Stanley Tucci and Lenny Kravitz and Woody Harrelson is just incredible. And I also think it's really interesting to kind of reflect on the fact that this is really where Jennifer Lawrence's career sort of took mm-hmm. off and and how young she was whenever this was made, I think is is really cool to think about. And I I love this movie. And I think the thing that kind of struck me this time that I kind of forget about sometimes I can never forget about Ruth's death that has stuck (laughs) with me but um Cato's death scene I think is really Mm. interesting and like one of the few things that I think is maybe even more impactful than it is in the book uh, I think the way that they handled that was was really well done and and I think that god this film is just like so well made and it holds Mm -hmm. up so well I think this film could literally come out this year and be Equally well received, which you cannot say for all 2012 movies. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it actually, that actually would be nice. I feel like some of the effects were a little, little dated. Surprisingly, like the the fire effects and those uh those yeah. dog creatures at the end the were just kind of gray, the the gray <laughs> <Muts>. blobs. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's not like as bad as was, you would expect. Like yeah, it, was,
3: it was interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: it's I don't know when it comes to CGI, I, I would i didn't think the cgi for the uh for the Dots. i'm sorry i'm forgetting the actual name of the uh the beast but um it was i it wasn't half it wasn't half bad because it's like mm-hmm. you know it's not as dated as shrek because it's like <laughs> if you go back and watch shrek it's like whoa what are these animatronic like
2: <laughs> well, you guys just redid the harry potter se- um, series and like any quidditch match in harry potter is just yes. unwatchable <laughs> It's not as bad as the effects in Prisoner of Azkaban <laughs> with The Werewolf,
0: oh, my <laughs> which say, everyone my who's been listening to this
1: one. podcast knows my issues <laughs>
2: with that.
0: It's, yeah, I mean, oh man, yeah, it's, with CGI, it's always like hit or miss. And I mean, with this one, with with The Hunger Games, it's, you know, they had their use of CGI, but like, I, I thought it looked pretty well. Like, I watched it on a 4K disc, and I mean, I'm not like a big big like i mean i'm a big physical media collector just because but like some people are very like you know oh like the toning's off here you know like the color graining's a little weird here like i i thought it looked pretty well on my tv and i i had a great time with it um some scenes were a little bit darker but i think that that's just because of the type of tv i have he's like you know the deepest blacks i'm like well that's great but like i can't see peter's face in his cave, so. <laughs> But um, yeah, the CGI for this was, um, it it was, I I thought it pretty much held up. And I do agree with what um, Nicole said. Like if these um, um, films would have came out today, I think it would have been well received because I mean, it's, it's very rare nowadays that we, we get such a, just a female character that's very interesting. And she's honestly just like one of the best. I think I actually had her on my team for the Suit Up Geeks podcast for, you know, like the I forgot the name. It was like a, a f- best female characters, and I had like, of course, I had Hermione on my team. I had Katniss Everdeen. I, I had a pretty stacked team, and I lost within the first round. But no. it's fine. <laughs> I know. I. I know. I. Oh man. Oh man. I. Whew, man. I was like, I did my research, and like, I already know like my top three. They're already there. I get got to get my last two in there. But um. But yeah, it's it's very rare when we have such a great female character. Um, not because she's famous, it's just because of, you know, her her desires and obviously wanting to volunteer instead of her sister, showing the love that she has for her sister, much like we've seen in um, in Black Widow earlier or mm-hmm. last year. Sorry, now it's 2022. <laughs> but like you, you really feel that, um, you know, the connection that they have. And even though they don't share a lot of scenes together, um, the, the love there is real. And that's that's the important part. But um I wanted to ask you guys, since me and Devin are non-esque Hunger Game book readers, uh, were there any major like changes that they've made for the first Hunger Games that Was different in the books or was it, like you guys said, it was kind of a faithful adaptation, but... It's a lot of
2: world building is like cut out just for time. So a lot of the stuff that takes place in the capital, you see all the big moments, but there are a lot more smaller moments. Like you you learn about kind of some of the horrible practices that the capital do. So when she's in the capital and she's being like having all her makeup done and everything like that and you see all the helpers and the people that work in the room and serve them within the book Who find out that some of them are there because they have betrayed the capital and they have like had their tongues cut out and they can no longer speak and they are they are forced to work for the capital without a voice so it's just like small things like that that they just wouldn't have been time for in the film but if you've read the book you can kind of spot them you're like oh i wonder if that's like a i can't remember the word for it now but you 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 were reminded of them
1: Yeah, most of the changes I really do think are sort of things that were very obviously cut for time and that don't matter that much. I think the two biggest changes, though, are the books are told, if I remember correctly, from Katniss's point of view. And so we see a lot more, you know, a lot of things in the movie that obviously we don't get in the book. Things with particularly, there's a lot more President Snow in the movie, which I actually... um, I read that it was originally sort of meant to be more of like a a smaller role. And then Donald Sutherland was like so into Mm -hmm. it that they sort of wrote more in for him. And obviously we see more with like Seneca Crane and the game makers and that sort of stuff. But the other big change that I know some people like do have some issues with is that um, in the books, both Gale and Katniss are described as having olive darker skin. Um, There's, much more of there's there's sort of a racial divide in district 12 that is implied uh and there's a lot of there's a big deal kind of made in the book about the class difference in district 12 with the blonde-haired pale people of the town so to speak and then the like darker skin darker haired minors uh and i know that some people you know were sort of disappointed that it was definitely an opportunity that they could have cast a young woman of color in the role and they chose to go with you know a very pale Jennifer Lawrence instead. Um, well, like she's
0: very sort of most like, in the movie, right? Not like, Not blonde. They, not they, blonde. No. Not they, blonde. Could, they
1: could have at least, uh, you know, g- gotten her a little bit of a tan. <laughs> I'm like, she's supposed to spend all this time out hunting and she looks
0: like yeah. that. Um, it's kind of like, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, but I think like that's one of the biggest things. Which again, I think like part of it was trying to keep the film to a certain amount of time. They didn't want to sort of go into all of that class difference stuff. Uh, but I do think it is one of the things that the the books go a little bit harder on sort of the social yeah. commentary than the movies do. And I also think like you were saying the books go a little bit harder on sort of the cruelty yeah. in in the capital and uh I think I think there's things that they were probably definitely trying to keep their rating down. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the books, particularly going forward, I think it's a little bit less than this one, can be a, a bit more, I don't want to say gruesome, but
2: they're, they're a bit more gory, let's say, and and, uh, and graphic than,
3: than the material.
1: movies are
2: able to be. Mm-hmm. One of the yeah. changes that I love, like you mentioned you see The Game Makers, I love how much you see Caesar Flickerman show. I think that was such a yes. clever change to really <laughs> have that as our overarching view. I think that really helps kind of, bookmark the films because where you don't have Katniss's narration which works so wonderfully in the films but in the books I don't think work, would have worked so well in the films and so I think that Caesar Flickerman kind of storytelling trope works so well for the film and if you okay. have Stanley
3: Tucci yeah. I, mean, yeah. Like, yeah. I
2: like him
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tucci
3: gang
0: obviously yeah. those white pearly teeth <laughs> I was yeah. like wow those are like I'm sure he loved putting that wig place. on too Exactly. <laughs> well of course Jared Leto's in this film as well Which I totally totally forgot Is he? He's the, it, yeah he's the guy with like the, the weird No bias. that's not, that's not, like, not Jared, Leto. Jared Leto Is that not Jared Leto? No
2: he is someone but he's not, not Jared it's, Leto It's, uh, so it's Wes Bentley oh Wes Bentley
0: Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I thought that was Jared Leto. I swear.
3: I did notice uh, like... a Jack Quaid appearance that I definitely didn't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Having just seen yes. the new screen, like, I was
2: he's... like, oh, my God, it's that
1: guy. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was him. just like the first it's, movie. It's funny. I think. His character's
3: name is Marvel, and he's in The Boys, which is pretty anti-Marvel. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's he's in a few uh, shots uh, here and there, which I think is like – and I, I knew he was in there and then I kind of forgot because mm-hmm. I did rewatch the first Hunger Games like mid last year. And then I was like, Oh yeah, Jack Quaid is in there. It's like, man, he looks so yeah. young. I don't know how old he I don't know how old he mm-hmm. is or how old he was back then, especially at the time of filming. I'm like, man, he's got a baby face. So he's <laughs> yeah. <it was> probably <laughs> I'm guessing maybe like seventeen, eighteen years old, mm-hmm. but I don't know. You know, you kinda of look back on your old pictures and it's like, whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think most of the cast who were playing tributes were in their like late teens mm-hmm. or I think Isabel Furman was something crazy like 14 or something but yeah, uh, the others I think were mostly in their in their late teens yeah
0: so is it when so uh, they say between what 12 and 18 so is it when you hit 19 your name gets taken out of like everything when it comes to do um, the Hunger Games itself I, mean, I think
3: you're safe Christian worries. No, okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Okay, good.
2: <laughs> I think so, yeah, i th- I think it's whenever you hit nineteen, mm-hmm. right? yeah Yeah. and like so in the you kind of it doesn't isn't hinted at as much in the film but in the book they tell you that like one of the reasons that names go in there more is because in poor districts like district 12 um you can get free food and extra money by putting your name in more times so like katniss and gail's names i think like she tries to calculate how many times gail's name must be in there and it's like in the hundreds and because he has to constantly get grain and oil and stuff for his family um but yeah, I guess when he then ages out for, I don't know if he had aged out by Catching Fire, because it, kind of, it doesn't really matter, uh, but I guess they like yeah. just take yeah. all those names straight out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think there's typically a correlation between, yeah, you age out sort of at the time that you also age out of going to school, because yeah. um, I, I know in
2: Catching Fire I think
1: Gale has aged out because I know he's also what working in the mines yeah. at that point, so
2: yeah. Yeah, once you can work and like contribute to capitalism, you don't need to go in the Hunger Games anymore. <laughs> yep, yep.
0: <laughs> it's like sweet, awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I, I just gotta make it. I just gotta make it. Yeah, because I, I was, I like, I knew, like you know, during the beginning, like, and I really liked during the beginning of the movie how they kind of explain what the Hunger Games is, and they kind of touch on, you know, why they have the Hunger Games. But it seems like you know, from what your guys' experience with the books, that. It's definitely work or something. I mean, I didn't know about the whole, you know, cutting out the tongue and whatnot. So, it's it's not. And I, I don't know why I never really picked them up. I guess I I, I honestly have no excuse. So. <laughs> They're
1: still excellent. <laughs> yeah. Like I honestly, I'm thinking about rereading them too because I do think that like they are the sort of YA books that hold up completely, mm-hmm. even if you are an adult reading them.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and young young adult is usually like my. I guess, like, my go-to for whatever mm-hmm. reason, um, you know, I kind of go into, like, you know, like, the more hardcore fantasy. Like, Lord of the Rings, I've tried to read a thousand times over, and I just – I'm like, I, I just want to watch the movie again because it's just – they're just so epic. Um, obviously, like, Harry Potter, things like that. Even with, like, his dark materials, like the Amber Spyglass and uh, Golden Compass, like, for some reason, I just kind of gravitate towards those books. Maybe because, like, they're obviously, like, also coming-of-age stories, which is, like – my biggest like weakness of like Same, anything yep. like <laughs> I feel any that. kind of movie <laughs> any kind of tv show i am there <laughs> like 100 percent.
2: but i've now aged out that now when i watch them i realized i was watching something a couple of months ago and i was like oh no i'm so old now that when i watch coming of age dramas i fancy the dads not the main characters I was yes. like, oh no yeah. <laughs>
0: it's, <laughs> it's like that commercial <laughs> yeah. commercial where uh <laughs> they have it to where kids are trying not to be I end up like their parents I'm like oh my gosh this is crazy yep. crazy stuff yep. <laughs> but yeah so I mean I was pulling up on Rotten Tomatoes just for the runtime and I forgot what it was It was, I guess it's around two hours and 22 minutes I think it's actually pretty wonderfully paced because I mean majority of the film I mean I can't remember exactly what mark when the Hunger Games actually starts but it's at least I want to say maybe 30 40 S minutes mm-hmm. that we get before the actual Hunger Game starts. And I like how they did that instead of like, I don't know, there were so many movies within like the past year. I think even for like Mortal Kombat, like the tournament's called Mortal Kombat, but the tournament never happens.
2: Oh. <laughs>
0: so it's kind of like the the pre-tournament to the tournament. But I like how even with the Hunger Games, and by the way, I've always wanted one of those like jackets that she's wearing, like when she's going up through the tube, Katniss. Mm-hmm. And you know they're all kind of like standing in like kind of like a crescent circle, and it's like okay, like we're here, like this is real, like it's it's so I I love like the arena effect, and I don't know it's it's crazy stuff. But I wanted to kind of go around. Um, if there was was there anything you guys wanted to bring up during our coverage that you guys haven't had a chance to talk about, um, yeah, any you know likes or dislikes? Of course, uh, we'll start with Nicole. We'll go to Devin, and then we'll end with Claire.
1: I first have to shout out the fact that Senna is one of my favorite characters in the whole Hunger Games franchise. Um, he's like my second favorite character overall. Uh, I will say my first favorite character is not in this one.
2: Oh. Um, is, is it a hunky yeah. guy with a
1: trident? It might be. <laughs> Good choice. Oh um, yeah, thank you, thank you. But I think that Lenny Kravitz is such perfect casting as
2: Senna, and I think that the way
1: that he H- has does he done this anything well else so.
0: Wendy Kravitz in movies i, at least, I had this discussion the other
2: day and i don't think he has done anything else i don't know that he does but he's so he was, he was so
3: kind and, and he's, nice. so, he's and, like
2: the heart of the film yeah. like once it goes to the Capitol, he's so warm in the very small part yep. he has
3: i'm seeing he was in precious and lee daniels the butler okay okay yeah
1: others. yeah so a handful of things but he's he's phenomenal in this i also think like I mean, so much of the casting in this is just absolutely perfect. Like Woody Harrelson as Haymitch is insanely just perfect. Um, I love the performance that he gives as Haymitch. I love how uh, sort of what he, he starts in this movie sort of gets... There's depth to it, I think, after you've seen all the rest of the story that you don't even necessarily realize is there whenever you're watching the first one for the first time. I also think that Jennifer Lawrence really does give a phenomenal performance in this for her to have been so young and so early on in her career. uh. But yeah, I love any sort of sister story. Like I said, I have a younger sister. We have quite a large age gap. um. So I think from the time that I first read this, I was in like, I want to say like eighth or ninth grade whenever I read it for the first time. And I definitely... Related to a lot of it, and it's something that like I find very affecting. I cry almost every time when I watch it. So you're um, saying you
3: would volunteer as tribute?
1: I would. I would. Good. Like, good. Yeah. Um, I absolutely would for my sister, and I think it's 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 very. It's a franchise that like means a lot to me, and I think it's very nice whenever something that does mean a lot to you, like this, whenever you can watch it as an adult and be like, "Oh no, actually, it is good." Like I'm not just <laughs> nostalgic because <laughs> that's not true of yeah. everything. Like there's other things that I loved as like a you know a kid or a, a teenager that now I watch and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Well, I'll um, never rewatch I mean, I,
2: Garden like, State. I can't cope with learning yeah. <laughs> yeah. that that film is not good. Because fourteen year old Claire goes hard. but like
1: I mean I dressed up as Katniss for Halloween the year that this movie came out um actually last year my sister dressed as clove um for Halloween because we realized that one of her horseback riding jackets looks quite like the jackets that they wear Mm. in the arena um and we were like gotta take advantage of that um but yeah it's it's I think this movie is really really masterfully made and I think that the way that it is able to sort of give us this like you know fun dystopian adventure thing while not losing all of the social commentary of the book is really clever because I do think that that's one thing that sort of gets lost in a lot of these adaptations like um things like even Harry Potter I think you lose some of the social commentary that's occurring in the books um which I mean we could also talk about how bad or good that commentary is because of who it came from. Whereas, whereas Susan Collins is like a, you know, an, an author that I can still be proud to like her work, which I love. Um, but I really do think that like, it, it, it has been interesting watching this after sort of the, how do I say this? The political events of the past like five years, let's say, uh, have given me like a very different perspective on a lot of the, the stuff in the Hunger Games, which I think is just, uh, Very interesting to sort of see, you know, the the way that the government is portrayed in it.
2: It's always been funny for me as someone based in the UK because the whole of Panem and Hunger Games is just North America. So, like for (laughs) years, I was was like, there is no way, like Europe, even though we're not part of Europe anymore. uh, There's no way that like Europe (laughs) and the other places would like let that happen. And then like the last three or four years, I'm like, oh, we definitely would. Oh no, we probably had our own version. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. It is it is cool for me too because district 12 is like supposedly like you know sort of in like the Appalachian mm. mountain area. They say in like um North Carolina and Tennessee. So it is it is cool cuz that's where I'm from. And um, they actually did some filming up in like the Asheville area of North Carolina, which is somewhere that I go pretty frequently. So it's uh, it also is is cool just because this is one of the last movies that was, I think, had a lot of filming in North Carolina before um, we had some political things happen that meant that the film industry really moved out of here. Um, and it's just now starting to come back a bit more. Um, so it, it also is cool because there's scenes in the in the woods where I'm like, yeah,
0: I think I think that would have been here. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know it was filmed in um in North Carolina. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it's um. Yeah. I I did not know that, but that that's a really good. Not point.
1: all of it, but there's parts that particularly out outdoor parts mm-hmm.
0: of it. Um, okay. Okay. Like more yeah. so like the beginning, like the woodsy area, or
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay. Okay. Yep. That's pretty yep. cool. Yeah, it. I can't really say Nashville's like a really big film town, but yeah, <laughs> I mean they used to film the show Nashville here when it first started. Yeah, and I would then hope so. Like, Loved that show, and then they yeah. moved somewhere else. <laughs> I'm like, I
1: we lost just about everything to Atlanta, so
0: <laughs> yeah, everything goes down there. I mean, I drove down yeah. there for Spider Man No Way Home for a screening, and I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm doing this ever again. <laughs> 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 to be completely on like I love Georgia, like I mean it was Atlanta was like. Like, Downtown Atlanta was amazing, like just so nice, so clean. But that, um, that drive I mean, it's only four hours, but it killed me because, like, yeah. <laughs> we drove down, we saw the movie, and it turned straight back. Yeah, that sounded like a rough day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, Yeah, I, I need this day off. I like, why I'm like, It's, it's like you know, movie related. They're like, Oh, you see a new Spider movie? I was like, Yeah, yeah. It's, it's only like two days before, like, it's really not that big of a deal, but you know deadlines and everything with right written yeah. reviews so but um, so yeah let's go over to um, uh, Devin was there anything you wanted to bring up that you liked or disliked about the movie on your rewatch
3: yeah I'm just glad we we actually rewatched this one because it's nice to kind of look back on it and just see obviously the, the star making role that it was for Jennifer Lawrence she's just amazing as always probably my favorite actress going currently don't look up it was great um it's also crazy to just see how many kind of iconic uh, moments there were in cinema for this movie. Like, obviously, um, may the odds be forever in your favor. I volunteer as tribute. This All thing. Things. The, the, whist- okay, the whistle, mahogany. This
0: is, this is <laughs> Scout's honor. <laughs> this is whole- <laughs> Because when I first saw it in theaters, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Devin, yeah. I'm sorry, but, like, when they first, like, you know, do the kiss and they put up, like, the three fingers, I'm like, that's... That that's Boy Scouts. Like yeah, that's boy. See, Sc- in
2: the book they tell you it's like a very old fashioned thing from District 12 and it's like their only way of like showing kind of rebellion sort without mm. getting in trouble. And that's why then it picks up throughout the film and gets bigger.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. I, I just thought the you know correlation there was cool, but yeah, it's like Scouts Honor, like we literally had to do that. And I was like, oh that's I'm like, I know that. Like I understood that reference. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Devin, go ahead.
3: But yeah, it's just cool to see like some of those moments are still like culturally relevant even today. Like I Volunteers Tribute is a pretty pretty common gift going around the internet always. And always <laughs> probably always will be. Just a classic moment. Um as far as any issues that I had, I think I I kind of had an issue with uh Cato Cato's casting, I would say. You guys can get more insight into if the books uh show shine any light onto this. But I feel like um this is casting he, he wasn't very intimidating for me like i feel like he's got that baby face so i was like he's he's not he's not scary come on it's just it's just kato he's just a I cool guy what
1: i like about that casting though is that like he looks intimidating enough that you can see to like where like Rue or Foxface, or one of these other like young tributes, he would be intimidating, but you don't lose the fact that like he is also just a teenager. Yeah. And I think that that's what's so important with this casting is that they really did make it clear that like these are children. And I appreciate that they didn't age up the casting like they do in too many like YA book to movie adaptations. So like you never lose the fact that all of these are kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's really important. And I, I think that's a really good uh, point for for Cato, especially, you know, coming from District One, you know, like they're literally trained, like essentially bred killers. And, you know, moments before his death, when he gets, you know, fed to the to, to the hounds, I guess, you know, he's he's talking about, you know, it's like, oh, he's like, I, I have to he's like, I can still kill PETA. You know, he's like, I can still win this thing and it's kind of like you don't really understand, like the big pressure on District One. From all this, you know, oh, well, obviously there can only be one victor. So it's like, I still feel like that's an awkward situation to be in. It's like, hey, one of us is going to bring, you know, some some prize and glory back to our district, but only one of us. But I, I really like how and I actually forgot on um, on my two rewatches, I guess. Um, when they changed up the rules because, you know, it's it's all for show, you know, it's it's just a you know, good show, good for entertainment for the Capitol, and how, you know, they changed it from one winner to, hey, you know, if you have um if both victors are from, you know, um from the same um, original district, then you could win. And I kinda like the whole solidarity of how PETA and um Katniss kind of showed, like kind of like stood them up and it's like, okay, you know, we're gonna eat these poison berries, we're just gonna kill ourselves and there'll be no victor then you know it's it, it kind of like i feel like if that would have happened some i, I don't know what would have happened in jack in general but like that definitely would have caused like some pushback from the other districts as we saw with after ruse death um so it's it's very uh it's kind of scary to think about to be completely honest i know battle royale is another i don't know if it's a film franchise or if it's just like a single movie
2: there are sequels to it, but I don't think they're, like, considered a franchise. I've only seen the first one, but I do know there is a sequel. I don't know how much it's considered, like, on par with the first one.
0: Okay, okay. And, uh, Devin, really, did you have anything else you wanted to say before we move on? Um, do you guys want to watch the Starving Games as well?
2: I have to <laughs> for ever... my podcast. There's both the yeah, Starving Games and oh, the Hangover the hungover Games. And both, oh, there's two. both really? of them are on the bottom 100. <laughs>
0: Oh, I, I didn't Whoa. know those were actual things. Yep, they're yeah. real
2: movies. I can't <laughs> wait to watch them. It's gonna be great because I'm just gonna spend the whole podcast talking about how great the actual Hunger Games is and not like involving myself with those films.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. I, but, uh, I, I yeah, also cool, just want to mention,
3: like, like, every every time I see the the Peta face tree scene, <laughs> I'm just gonna laugh. It's <laughs> yeah. just, it's just funny. It's so strange. He's like, <laughs> hey, 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 Katniss, how's it
0: going? <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm really trying to figure out what this being a baker of cakes. I've always trying to make the correlation. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know how to make like cool little designs. But like, is anyone in District 12 asking like, hey, I need you to make me a bark yes themed cake. Yeah,
2: he's an artist. And put it on my he's face.
0: <laughs> it always freaks me out. But like, it's it's cool. But it's like the amount of time and effort you have to put in. Not only just like, you know, a portion of like your, your body, like your forearm or something, but like your entire face. And to blend in with the ground, how many people have stomped on you? Did he have and a mirror to just- make sure
2: he was <laughs> fully blended? Like, how did he do this? It? Exactly. Like, and it kind of just I, magically
0: I, gets wiped off, too, when they start talking. I can't imagine. Like, I think this would make it like for the Hunger Games if they actually had commentary for the players to hear. Where it's like, oh, like you see Peter over here trying to, you know, camouflage himself. and It's like, why are you what? Like, no, <laughs> it's I, I just I've always found it so funny. Like, it's it's a very amazing and unique skill to have. But it's like every time it's just hilarious. Something... <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so funny. I every time it cracks me up. But Claire, is there anything you wanted to bring up? um you know likes dislikes comments concerns (laughs) yeah
2: i mean one of the big ones like nicole already said it like what an ensemble cast like it and when you compare it to other ya franchises like they knock it out of the park not both with like the young talent they found but also the really steady adult actors to really ground it um because you just it continues on with the further films it has uh, in my opinion of a franchise one of the best ensembles if not the best for that kind of film um And then the other thing I think they do well or, you know, surprisingly well is how they portray the violence. So I don't know what rating it was um, in the US, but over here it's what's called a 12A. So like anyone 12 or if you're under 12 your parents have to bring you. Um, And I felt like they did do the violence well that you can clearly see what's happening and you can see that kids are dying but it's not brutal, it's not lingered on, it's there for the plot, it's servicing the plot. You get you know the grotesque tracker jack of death which i think is one of the most brutal ones and is done so well but i think they handle that balance of showing but not showing how brutal it is in the cornucopia scene we see that tiny little young boy and is it kato that takes him out And you mm. know exactly what's happened but you don't have to see it it's enough and i think that was handled really sensitively and they did a really good job there
0: yeah, I would have to agree with you there, because uh, I think for, for here in the US, it was PG-13, which is basically so, the yeah. same thing, you know. As soon as you turn 13 here, everyone thinks, you know, they're they're tough cookies. Like, yeah, I can You're get, an adult, thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> I can go see the new Harry Potter movie by myself. I don't need my parents. <laughs> it's like, I just need someone to drive me, though. But
2: <laughs> uh, See, I lived a 10-minute walk from my local cinema, so I didn't need anyone to drive me. <laughs> uh,
0: lucky, lucky, yeah. But yeah, for yeah, I I do agree with you when it came to the violence, it it wasn't like we all know what it's about, but they didn't have to like hone in on it, you know. Obviously, you know, there are children who who die in this um in this franchise, especially uh within the first game uh first movie, not first game, sorry. Um and it I think it is done well because nowadays with PG-13, like with like the Batman that's coming up, like they're really going to push the limits of what they can get away with in that. But like you said, you know, with a lot of young adult fantasy, um, especially even in Harry Potter, I feel like, I feel like a few of the, I feel like the deaths are actually done well, but I think it's just a little bit darker in Harry Potter, especially in Blood Prince um, <laughs> with uh, the whole bathroom scene with Draco and, and Harry. But I really like how with the Hunger Games, like you said, you know, we know what it's there for, but it's not, really servicing the plot because it's not it's there like it's the overarching theme but it's that's not like that's not Katniss's journey like obviously people are going to be you know deceased but it's I, I really like how for any audience anyone can go see this and be okay with it even with Cato's death like I think was Katniss shot an arrow off screen and you know after you fell in and you kind of see him being t- torn apart but it's so dark that it's kind of like, okay, we get what's going on, and they cut back to, you know, them essentially putting him out of his misery. It's no because...
2: worse than Scar being eaten by the hyenas and the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious, honestly, because, you know, Suzanne Collins released sort of a prequel book, mm. um, Did she? Ballad of Songbird and Snakes, which is about president snow and like uh the f- the first John Hunger snow? Games, i guess i'm just kidding uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> is it is it the 20 isn't it the 25th hunger games so like the first quarter Quell?
1: yeah something i can't it's something like yeah. i read it i should remember I it. but it's essentially it <laughs> um it's it's well no it's one of the early ones because it's it's when president snow is like a young boy mm-hmm. and at that point there weren't obviously winners to be mentors. Mm -hmm. So capital children were assigned to mentor Mm -hmm. people from the districts. And so he's a a mentor to a girl from district 12 in it. And there's talk about it being made into Mm -hmm. a movie. And I just really do wonder if they'll sort of keep that same approach to the violence in it um, and keep it, you know, very sort of as tame as it can Mm -hmm. be while still getting across the point or if because it will be made, in this decade instead or if they
3: it feels like the track record for these prequels isn't uh isn't very looking very good right now
2: and the fact (laughs) that you can't remember the book makes me think the book might not be very good it actually I actually
1: really enjoyed it I just I read it like a year and a half ago so um in in you know I feel like Corona has ruined my brain, so I can't remember things. But no, it, it actually it is quite a good book, and it's a really interesting story. So I do think they could bring it to the screen in a really interesting way. But um, I do sort of wonder how it would how it would compare to these to these movies, particularly in how they would handle things like the violence.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, see. I, yeah. I didn't know there was any type of prequel. Like. So how how many. Books? Is it for the prequel? Is it just one, or it's just one?
1: Yeah, it's just one. one, Although there, there were rumors that um, she was also going to write a prequel book about like Hamish's. I heard that rumor. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: which I would be so down for.
0: That Um, yeah, That I would be very (laughs) interested. A a de-aged Woody. Yeah, (laughs)
2: oh god, (laughs) what would you cost as a young Woody Harrison?
0: I don't think there's, and no one. Comes We'd to have mind to
2: get for me. Like an
0: unknown, I feel. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would, I would like sure. a
3: sequel with with all the Hemsworth brothers in the Hunger Games, <laughs> yeah. just duking it out. The Hemsworth Games. <laughs> yes, there you yeah.
2: go. <laughs> <It's really laughs> there <nice>. we go.
3: <laughs> I imagine. I, Lo- I, I don't Loose know. I feel like. Though.
1: Yeah, it was like I feel like maybe that the third brother can, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fox faces way to win. <laughs> oh <laughs> <Yeah>. my god. <gosh. laughs>
0: that would be very very interesting but yeah um man this this entire like i'm i'm very excited and like <laughs> no one shoot me but i still to this day have not seen mocking j part 1 or part 2 what? I, stopped well, you're gonna have to. I stopped the catching fire i saw the catching fire i saw it in theaters and then i don't know what happened where i didn't go back to go see the others oh. so I'm very interested to see how this thing turns out.
2: <laughs> Mockingjay Part One, I love, but I do understand the criticism that people have that it is a bit of a slog. I love it because of reading the book; mm. I have the context. Uh, but I think Mockingjay Part Two is brilliant. I feel like that there's, mm. there's no criticism for that one.
1: I'm so excited to see what you think mm. of them whenever you get to watch them for the first time.
0: Yeah, because it's weird. Like in this is something that like. I'm very shocked that I still haven't. Like, I've had the Blu-rays forever. And I just haven't. My backlog is crazy. Um <laughs> like I still need to watch Peaky Blinders on Netflix. <laughs> like, it is it's it's crazy. But yeah, it's it's not that I didn't want to see them. It's I can't remember if I I can't remember exactly what happened, but I just never went back.
1: I didn't see Mocking J Part Two until like last year the year before last yeah because it came out so far after the books mm. that like I just honestly kind of forgot that it it was a thing and I think it came out while I was like in college maybe and so I was just like busy and and it completely was not on my radar but I I was pleasantly surprised because I feel like it is one of those movies that has like a really bad reputation like more so than it deserves um, part two yeah yeah and yeah, I, think I, keep... two's mm, I think part two yeah, is quite good I think
0: part yeah and I've heard yeah I've heard you know like the the discourse between i i don't know what happens but i just know there's a lot of people who just don't like part 2 and i'm like well how could you not Catching fire and the hungarians are so it, good like it, it you know it is the it's- weakest
2: book as well though in my opinion anyway i feel like mockingjay is the weakest book because it it does something different that i think was the right choice but it does make it a different read and therefore a different watch i think she made the right choices but i read the three books almost in like Quick succession. Like, I read Catching Fire in a day because I got so addicted to it. And then I like cracked open Mockingjay expecting Catching Fire too, and was like, what is this? And I think that happened with the films as well, that Catching Fire is a really high point of the films. Mockingjay part one and two aren't bad in any way, shape, or form, but they aren't the same.
1: I also do think it sort of suffers from that whole thing of after Harry Potter split Mm -hmm. its last movie into, or its last book into two movies every YA franchise felt the need to do Mm -hmm. that. And I don't know that they actually needed two movies for Mockingjay. Like, it it works better than... Uh, breaking dawn does is that the twilight yeah. one that's the last yeah um it works better than that because at least there is like actual things that are happening
2: yeah.
1: um unlike in breaking dawn part <laughs> one where literally just Baseball. nothing happens
2: Baseball. um <laughs> and like the book <laughs> but, of the day has a distinct turning point so it does feel like a book of two halves yeah. so there is a point oh. which it makes
1: sense yeah. but i do think maybe they could have still done it in one movie and it would have felt a little bit more coherent and also timely because yeah. I do think that that's part of it too is that like it came out so far from the first Hunger Games that people were sort of uh over mm-hmm. it I want to say like so I don't know, I still think they're definitely worth a watch. So it's it's good that you're doing this uh series and you'll get you'll have to watch them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Because, yeah. yeah, I I mean, I just saw they're announcing like the Hunger Games like steelbooks. I'm like, yeah. I'm buy so. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so it's like I mean it's the same movies, but it's like, God, the amount of times I've rebought Harry Potter, I just don't care anymore. It's like I know and, and Lord of the Rings, it's like I know I'm giving you the same amount of, or more money for the same <laughs> Thing that I love so much, but it's like, damn you. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very surprised that like it's. I think J Part Two ended in 2014.
3: That I think that sounds
0: right. I want to say, I can't. What was it? No, 2014? actually, it, is that that might be Part One. <laughs> what was that? Part, part Two is 2015. Yeah. Twenty. Okay, no, 2015. 2015. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was yeah I was in college during that time. Um, so I Yeah, that's probably why. all these out.
2: Mm. Well, they had the issue that like they didn't want the actors to grow up too quickly because yeah. Catching Fire <laughs> takes place a year after Hunger Games, but Mocking takes place exactly after Catching Fire. So they could they couldn't have um Jennifer Lawrence growing up too much. And also I think they were like, Sh- she just like won an Oscar and blew up, like keep her like she signed up
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. for this. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kind Can't of be war with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, from what you guys are saying for um for mockingjay part 1 part 2, it's I mean, I definitely feel like it was more of a business decision as well because I mean, for obviously for Harry Potter like that that is, you know, a a huge huge deal. I I think Hunger Games definitely had a really big following as well from what I can remember because I mean, everyone crazy over mm-hmm. them. Um, but I can definitely see, I, if you guys are saying, you know, there's more of a turning point within the last bug, since it is a trilogy, I could see how using the excuse of, oh, well, you know, there's this weird, you know, this not weird because I haven't <laughs> seen it yet, but like, there's this is of a moment that like, you know, definitely defines part one and part two. So we can definitely make this, you know, stretch this out type thing. But of course, like you said, you know, with the age of the actors, um, actresses on, on screen, it's. It's very hard to kind of like, you know, line up everything. Because even with like Dune, because like they, they had the option or the ability to film them back to back. But I mean, we'll see. I just hope everyone doesn't look too too old. Yeah.
2: <laughs> to me, Chalamet and, doesn't and age. That two. dude's going to look that age. I feel like
0: this is Zendaya either. Yeah. So it's like, the I forward. think we're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone who 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 has died so far you know within dune i i I think they might be able to pull it off because yeah maybe so (laughs) um let's get into our our actually we're going to add ratings uh this time around just to you know everyone you know the amount of times that i watch movies and it's like my ratings have changed over and over and over but we'll start with this one so we're going to start with Claire, then we'll do Devin, and then Nicole. Uh, just give us your rating. Whatever rating scale that you usually use, we we kind of go back. I usually use, like, my Letterbox rating. Uh, we've known to do, like, you know – I don't know, 80 out of like 100 scale rating, but you know, whatever feels best for you.
2: Yeah, so um, I normally rate out of five. So I would put it as a 3.5 because though I absolutely love it, I do have to acknowledge that a lot of my love comes from knowing how the story continues and of having read the book. Um, And I do remember the first time I saw it thinking that was good, but not great. And only rewatching with so much more context. I was like, oh my God, it's great. So I'm like, I feel like I have to acknowledge just the film that i'm watching not the franchise as a whole
0: so 3.5 okay all right
3: devin what about you yeah i'm right around there as well i'm like at an 80 just pretty solid didn't have many complaints but definitely a fun rewatch i wasn't expecting to to love hopping into this world as much as i
0: did yeah yeah all right nicole what about you
1: I'm a solid four out of five stars. I think I give it a lot of credit just for being such a good screenplay. Mm -hmm. And I think book to to film adaptations are something that I uh, sometimes I'm so disappointed by. And the fact that I love this book as much as I do and think that it is a good movie of it wins it some definite points from me.
0: (laughs) I feel it. Yeah. So I'm actually uh, with Nicole on that one. I gave it a four out of five stars. On Letterbox after my rewatch, uh, what did I say? I can't remember. Uh, let's pull it up. Oh yeah, I said ten years later, and I'm still not still not over Ruse Death. <laughs> <laughs> and that's very very true. But yeah, um, yeah, I it's 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 the beginning of you know a, a new friend uh, of a of a beloved franchise, and we, it's it just what I've noticed like within like recent years, we just really haven't had. I mean, outside of Marvel. Um, you know, with, with their uh, <laughs> crazy factory work of like everything that they pump out per year and now doing with like TV shows as well. It, it's been a while since we've just had like that franchise that like everyone's invested in. I mean, cut, like superhero movies, I feel like are a little bit different because, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's not just like like a trilogy or like, you know, a five part like thing. Like it's still an ongoing thing. Same thing with DC, what, everything, everything that they're doing but it's been a while since we've really just had like that franchise that everyone's just into and like a franchise that people would normally not watch. And it's, it, it, it kind of reminds me of like, just like black Panther in, in and of itself, because the movie is so freaking good. And it's like, you had everybody going to the theater to see it. People who were non moviegoers, you know, people who didn't like comic book films were going to go see it and whatnot. So that was like a really big like phenomenon, but it's, I don't know. Like, I mean, with Dune, we'll see. But it's just so far, as much as I love Dune, I'm not feeling the same love as I felt with like with The Hunger Games or even um, like with Twilight and things of that nature. Um, I know The Golden Compass, the movie wasn't so great. But the TV show is very, very good. I can't wait for season three this year. It's going to be very awesome. But yeah, I I feel like we're, we're missing something. It's even like, when I watch the Oscars every year, it's like I haven't felt something magical since like Return of the King, minus Parasite, because that was freaking amazing. Um. It's (laughs) it's the
2: loss of the monoculture, isn't it? Because like you mentioned mm. June, June didn't get me out to the cinema. I watched the trailer and I was like, I kind of know that won't be for me. I'm sure it will be great, but it won't be for me. But even like my kind of non-film friends, when they're like any big films coming out around Christmas, I would like mention June and they're like never even heard of it. Like it didn't, it didn't filter out to kind of the everyman. Um, And there doesn't seem to be because there's so much choice that no one knows what the choices are anymore. And we don't like Hunger Games came out just before Netflix kind of really exploded, like before Stranger Things and the rest. Um, And so I think it caught the end of a culture that doesn't exist anymore.
0: Yeah. 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 Because honestly, outside of Hunger Games, I don't know what like, What was like the next picks for? I mean, besides Marvel. Oh, I guess it was Marvel.
1: And I guess technically, like Star Wars coming back Mm -hmm. is probably the closest thing that we have in terms of sort of Mm everyman appeal in a franchise. But even that was like them rebooting an older franchise, not a new one.
0: (laughs) a requel
2: scream
1: <laughs>
2: yeah because they tried with Divergent and they tried with Maze Runner and they didn't pick up the audiences for various nope. reasons
1: <laughs> Divergent didn't even end up making its final film I don't think no did because it? they no, tried it to
0: didn't. move it to TV it and, did, and the uh, actors
2: quite yeah. rightly, were like no we signed up for a film we'll do a film we're not doing a TV program so it never happened yeah um, which is annoying because yeah. I didn't want to read the books but I would kind of like to know how it ends I think I read the Wikipedia article at some point just to
0: yeah. fill in the blanks. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, the, the beloved Artemis Fowl and the, the amazing success of I that mean,
2: I read that book and thought that book was terrible, so I don't know why they tried to adapt
0: oh, it. We don't speak I never about read about the Artemis books.
2: Fowl.
1: <laughs> you've heard of, you've heard, of, we don't talk about Bruno. Get ready for we don't talk about Artemis
0: Fowl. <laughs> Honestly, that is... I and I thought about watching it and one of my friends was like he's like that's gotta it's be one of the worst don't.
3: trailers ever made
1: <laughs> don't like I watched it don't watch it
3: Um
0: <laughs> but
1: listen I respect Kenneth Brana got in there he put in the least effort possible and he got that Disney money Disney Disney so,
0: he got that Disney know,
1: money <laughs> I respect the hustle
0: <laughs> oh absolutely it's it, it's just like I'm from Atlanta, coming back for uh, you know Doc Ock he's like oh like why'd you come back he's like oh it's all about the money I'm like <laughs> yeah. You know I I, I appreciate, I, I appreciate it, a man with honest Yeah, I respect it, honestly. <laughs> <But> yeah, so <laughs> yeah, four out of five stars for me for the first Hunger Games. Um, I I I kind of just want to dive I want to dive into catching fire right now so badly, but I'm trying to reframe myself until next month. But that pretty much concludes our uh, review, our 10-year celebration anniversary review of the first Hunger Games films just wanted to thank claire and nicole again for coming back on claire it's been amazing having you on you. we'd love to have you back um you know this was a great great discussion um by all uh, thank you riverside for you know sponsoring i was joking but <laughs> 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 but yeah you know we're, we're trying a uh, new little setup so we'll we'll see how this uh works out if not you know we we always have old faithful to go back to but i wanted to uh take this time really quick for nicole and claire to kind of plug their um Plug their content. Let everyone know uh, what's coming up on your respective outlets. Uh, we'll start with Claire and then we'll end with Nicole and then we'll close on out.
2: Yeah, so um, W-rated um, time of recording. We've just released our Human Centipede 2 episode. Um, oh, ouch. boy. <laughs> um, and we coming up in the next <laughs> few weeks. We're going to have s the Donnie Darko sequel no one asked for. No one knows existed. And but
3: there's a Donnie Darko sequel. s
2: is about his little sister. It is... Wow, Not good uh, Spoiler for the podcast um, And then we um, will be covering The Golden Raspberries So everyone else is watching all of the Oscars Ahead of the Oscars We will be watching what have been voted the worst films of the year And trying to cover all of them In under two hours
0: <laughs> So That sounds like a lot of fun
2: It, it nearly <laughs> killed me last year I think we recorded and I, ha- I went for An entire bottle of wine It was a fun edit <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is amazing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, was there anything else you want? I wasn't sure if you were finished or not. No, sorry. no. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. Good. Okay. All right. Nicole, I'll let everyone know where they can find you on the internet.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I'm over on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd.nicoleacvin16. Um, I've got link trees in all those locations to the places that I write and podcast for. Uh, on Next Best Picture and Uh, Wealth of Geeks, I'm going to be covering some Sundance movies uh, over the next week or so. So very excited for that. I'm not doing like full Sundance like a lot of people are. I'm doing mini Sundance, um, seeing like eight movies, which feels a lot more manageable. Uh, And then also on my period drama podcast, my friend Maggie and I are covering Cyrano and then The Last Duel. Uh, So we'll be talking sort of about the history behind those uh, films and sort of giving some more context. So if you have seen those, they're both Excellent movies. Highly recommend both of them. Um, I have to. I. I don't know why I like, have personally picked up running the last tools like PR campaigns, but because it's on HBO Max to. now.
2: It's <laughs> right.
1: Like someone in has Europe, to.
2: It's on Disney Plus. You can watch it.
1: Okay, there we go. <laughs> Yeah. On Europe, in Europe, Disney Plus. In the US, HBO Max. Highly recommend it, and then come check out our episode. I read the book that it's based on, so I'm going to be giving a lot of facts, talking about how uh, historically accurate it is or isn't. Um, obviously, if I'm raving about it, it is. Spoiler <laughs> alert! But um, and you can find that at Petticoats and Poppies History Girls at the Movies.
0: Okay, nice. I I loved Cyrano. Like. It it's broke me. So
2: <laughs> oh my
1: god.
0: i watched me. it like four
2: times. I'm so jealous. I've seen
0: it twice. I just I just can't put that screener down for some reason. I'm like, yep. Oh, yep. It like-. To Dublin.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: If it weren't region coded, man.
0: <laughs> Seriously. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it's it's so good. I'm so excited for people to see it. Um and yeah, we, we did a, a fun episode where we talked about sort of the history of um Cyrano, like as a as a property going from the play to today, and and also about the um, history of the man who wrote the original play. So,
0: okay. um, yeah. super
1: excited for people to hear that. Super excited to actually like use my history degree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is it out in, th- it's not out in theaters. It's been
2: delayed until not-
0: February. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. It's you know, coming. February loves in the air. I get it. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Probably the perfect time for, for that to come out. But yeah. I, I really do adore that film. Like, oh, Peter Dinklage, he he never disappoints. So good. Never. So good. But uh, for us coming up on the podcast, uh, we're going to be doing a Peacemaker season one review uh, sometime soon. We're not entirely sure. Um, I've seen the first seven episodes, even though it is more of a weekly basis. I'm enjoying it so far, but uh, we were not given the season finale. So we're waiting <laughs> to do that, and I believe we're also going to try to cover. I think it's an HBO Max um, film called The Fallout, um, which looks very, very interesting. A very big Gen Z uh, movie that kind of caught my eye. Well, Honestly, as soon as Billy Eilish started playing, I was, I was there. I was starting. List stuff. I was like, right, let's. Jenna Ortega is let's... going to own twenty
2: twenty two.
0: She really is. Like I was like, you know, and I feel like this. You know, obviously we reviewed Scream. Um, and then you know she was in that, and now she she's in follow, and I was like, oh, like she's in another. Like, it's great. Like I I think she's uh, definitely going to be uh, building herself a very impressive resume uh, so far for sure. And of course, you know, if you're listening to this, um, I think we're are we doing Jackass forever, Devin? I don't know. Maybe sounds like a good time. I I think so. Yeah. So th- that will definitely be our net because this is going to be dropping um, next month uh, not next month excuse me next week in uh january so um by the time this is out we'll definitely be uh having some more things um, um in the works in the pipes uh, i think i'm going to start doing some minisodes here on the podcast some le- little solo um type initial reactions um just to kind of cover the tv shows that i really really like that Devin doesn't like uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones um, <laughs> House of the Dragon and whatnot But um, but yeah, so I'm definitely going to be doing that And of course, for everyone out there There's a few call to actions Of course, we have a Discord for everyone to join We're trying to build a nice little film community You know, of, um, of film lovers and TV lovers Just to kind of, you know just, just talk about the things that we love Talk about the things that we wish we were getting paid to do um, <laughs> For sure And of course, uh, leave a five-star rating on Apple podcasts and Spotify. If you're listening on those respective platforms and of course, you know, always share this episode with a friend, your mother, your brother, your lover, whoever it is. Definitely want to, you know, get the podcast Katniss, out there. Your Katniss, your the <laughs> Katniss to my pita
2: A girl
0: can only dream. <laughs> so definitely. Um, and of course, if you haven't checked out our scream five, um, yeah, Scream 5. Let's call it called? Scream 5. It's up on the on the podcast now. Um, me and Devin kind of went into that. And we, we had a really great time with it. So definitely check out that episode if you're looking for something to kind of get you through your work week. Because, man, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm working. But, again, Claire and Nicole, thank you guys so much for coming on. We'd love to have you guys back on. I think um, for Catching Fire, we do have Amy Smith. And J.D. Duran coming on, so that'll be, of course, dropping um, in February again. Since since, since this is a um, monthly uh, series, because like I said, Harry Potter took a lot out of me, and so did the Matrix. So, <laughs> so of course, you know, if, if you do enjoy our franchise revisited, we do have um, Matrix one through four up on the podcast as well as Harry Potter, which Nicole was, um, you know, just gushing a little bit over uh, Lupin, of course respect <laughs> a little <laughs> <laughs> I mean such a fantastic character but that pretty much concludes today's episode make sure to follow our guests on their respective platforms all of their links will be in the episode notes below and it's time to wrap on up here so let me uh bring this bad boy on and that's a wrap for today thank you all for listening and if you enjoy the show leave us a five-star rating review on apple Podcasts and spotify and follow us on twitter to stay in the know that was devin claire nicole my name is christian we'll see you guys in the next one and may the odds be ever in your favor